guys, I'm so happy to share this episode with you guys. I think in it, you'll be able to tell in my voice how much fun I was having. I could like, as I'm editing it, I can hear how like manic and crazy I am. I'm just so happy to talk to Dan. I think I get excited when I'm talking to him. So this is the Tell Me More podcast and I'm Amanda Nielsen. On this podcast, I interview friends, family, special guests about interesting things. So, of course, Daniel has a very interesting story. He's my brother-in-law. We're going to go through the whole story in the episode, but him and his wife had a hell of a ride when it came to having their baby. They have a six-month-old daughter named Isabella, and she's amazing and beautiful and perfect, but the process in having her and conceiving her and even everything that's happened after having a baby in covid PJ, his wife's health problems, all of that. It, it's a very interesting story. It started because I actually wanted her on the podcast to tell me her story about everything. And she's a little shy and just didn't really want to. But then I started thinking, actually, getting Daniel's point of view, like the, the male perspective of infertility, being the rock in the family, having to take care of your whole family when the world is literally in a worldwide pandemic. It's just, it it was, I was like, okay, this is perfect. We need to hear it from a guy's point of view. So that's what you have today. This episode is also kind of special because he was actually in my house. So it was my first time doing an in-studio recording since March. So it kind of felt a little normal and man, you really don't have to do that much editing when it comes to an in-person one. It's just so much better. Anybody who has a podcast and is listening to this understands what I mean by that. When you do it remotely, you get to talk to lots of different people from all over the world, but it's definitely more challenging when it comes to the technical side, right? So it was cool having him just in front of me and we got to have our little conversation and then we went and had a barbecue. So Yeah, listen to the episode. Let me know what you guys think. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. It means so much for me that you guys are actually listening to this podcast every week. And this is a good one. Like I said at the very beginning, you can hear in my voice how excited I get when I talk to Dan. I just love him so much. And I love that they have their baby now. And yeah, if you have any questions about infertility or about IUI, or about IVF, or any of that, I'm sure he would be happy to answer your question. So just reach out to me, and I will put you in touch. And if you have a story about anything that's similar to this, share this with us. Join me on the Tell Me More podcast Facebook group, and we can all chat about it, okay? Listen to the episode, and let me know what you think. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the Tell Me More podcast. So today... We have our first in-studio recording since March. (laughs) Like, this is intense. I've been doing Zencaster remote recordings for months now, and I don't even know what it's like to interview somebody sitting in front of them. So this is exciting. So today's guest is Daniel Nielsen. Hi, Dan. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. So Dan is Dingo, uh, former roommate. What else can we call you? Also known as previous tenant. <laughs> also known as brother-in-law. Um, so yeah, that's right. We're finally graced with uh, Karsten's older brother, Dan. Thanks for joining me, Dan. No problem. Glad to be here. <laughs> Yay. He was saying right before we started, I've never been interviewed before. Like this is like something so exciting. <laughs> like most people haven't been interviewed before. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a strange, strange thing for sure. Yeah. So 
One of the main reasons I wanted to bring you in here today is because you're a super interesting guy. You've got so much going on in your life right oh, now. So you. I thought that it would be fun to have you come in and give us a little uh, history of what's going on in your life these days. And to be honest, I did kind of want PJ in on this too. but uh, She's taking care of the baby right now. <laughs> and she's very shy. Yeah. So PJ is Dan's wife. And like I said, Dan is Karsten's brother, so we know each other really well. Daniel used to live with us. Until I was put to the street. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> we kicked him out on the streets, essentially. <laughs> I made it through one of their children living here, and then the second one came, and that was it. Bye-bye. So funny. So, like, Dan lived with us. How long? Like, Probably four or five years. No, way longer than longer? that. Because it would have been Colton... like 2010-ish. Yeah. Till, yeah, probably six, seven years. Yeah. It was only supposed to be for a couple of weeks. Until <laughs> you got back on <laughs> your feet. back on my feet. Took a while. <laughs> it was good. We liked having you here. But then, yeah, once uh, Kenna came around, we kind of ran out of bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. It was a sad day. <laughs> my favorite story still is when you were like hammered after like Kenna was like brand new, like maybe a month old. Oh, and you yeah. like didn't really know her that well yet. <laughs> You're like so drunk, and he's like, Kenna literally means nothing to me. I don't give a shit about her. I've changed since, but yeah, I said it. <laughs> she freaking made me, she like made me have to live on the streets. Yeah, well, I moved in with my mom, so that was pretty cool too. <laughs> hey, but like, it's like full circle though, because then your mom ended up living with you and yeah. DJ for a bit, so it's, yeah. it's what families do. Okay, so let's talk a little, like the reason I want you on here today, and we've talked about this outside of this, um, is that you guys went through like a pretty interesting fertility journey. So, and I think a lot of people hear this from the woman's perspective a lot of the time. So I kind of want to hear it from your perspective as the guy. So you and PJ have been together for how long now? Uh, about nine years now. And you just had a baby six months ago. So when did you decide, okay, we're ready to have kids? Like, what was that process? Well, we kind of moved in together um, a couple years ago now, or I guess three years ago. And after living together for a year and a half or so, we decided we should probably have kids. It's kind of just what you do. <laughs> That's I guess, what everybody so. does. Everybody around yeah. us is doing it. Did that have some pre like pressure? Like, everybody around us is doing it. We should do it. Or did you? Uh, I don't think so i mean we we always kind of talked about right. it and we always planned on having kids it's just we even then it didn't seem like the right time it just when is though i guess yeah just kinda, you have kids i guess it's so true like a lot of people say like i don't know like i want to wait until the time is right and until we're ready like i don't think you're ever ready <laughs> never ready never have enough money you're never prepared you never you no know. and you usually just figure it out like really yeah. like that's how it goes so you decided you wanted to have kids and you started trying right away or what was that? Pretty much. Yeah. We, yeah. we talked about it and then we just, well, just started trying. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped using any form of birth control really. And Okay. So then how long did it take for you guys to get pregnant? Uh, just over a couple of years. Okay. So in that whole process, like how long until you were like, oh my God, this isn't working? Like the first couple of months or like, did you expect it to like work right away? Well, we assumed we would get pregnant within the first few yeah. months for sure. I mean, most people, or it seems like yeah. most people do. Yeah. 
um, the first, I think it was after the first three or four months, we, we decided to see a doctor about it. And that's when we first went to the fertility clinic. Do they let you see a fertility specialist before a year? I thought it was a year. We did because PJ had a bit of a, um, uh, uterus problem, I guess we'll call it. It was kind of divided in half more or less. You guys so. just heard me open a drink. Oops, that's <laughs> terrible podcasting <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> okay, so after three or four months of trying, you were like, okay, there might be something wrong here. Y- well, yeah. Right. That's, I think because a lot of people, it takes like six months, nine months. Like how exhausting was that? Like, did it start to feel kind of like a chore? You're like, oh, we have to try again because this is your our Well, window. the first few months were yeah. bad. It's still exciting yeah. and fun yeah. and all that stuff, but... Eventually, yeah, it does become more of a chore than anything else. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. Like, it's kind of like, oh, God, like, we have to have sex. Like, you know, like. Well, it's never, never spontaneous. I'm ovulating. Let's go kind of thing. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I'm tired. I don't actually want to. But I have to. I remember even when Karsh and I were trying, like, just. Because it ended up working pretty quick for us. We were the lucky ones. But it's still just like, it doesn't, it feels weird to be like, okay, like put it on your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what we're doing today. Yeah. She had all these apps and ovulation tests and all this stuff telling yeah. her when was the time. And yeah. So it, you said it took two years to get pregnant. So like what was going on throughout that time? Like, Well, we seen the fertility specialist after a few months and... We both got tested. My sperm was fine or within range, I guess. But she had a, I forget what they call it, like a, a, a septum or septum in her uterus or something. Basically, it's almost divided in half. So mm. she actually had a surgery um, probably six or seven months after we started trying to kind of get rid of that and mm. also clear up some endometriosis that she had going on. Oh, okay. The specialist kind of thought that would, that would be hindering us a little right. bit. So we had that taken care of and then it was probably a year and a half after trying that's when we started our first kind of fertility treatments so what made you decide to finally do that you were like we might as well just start spending money on this or well we we wanted to start trying it earlier but the 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 specialist or the fertility doctor kind of advised to wait at least a year a year and a bit so we we waited yeah okay so what did you guys end up doing uh, we did IUI first, which okay. is more or less they take my sperm, inject it into her egg, and mm. then implant it back into her into her uterus. Oh, okay. So mm. how is how is that different than IVF? IVF, they they actually grow the baby like in a in a oh well, like a petri, petri dish or something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So one is the IVF is kind of the more. Oh, so yeah, sorry. The IUI is they just basically inject my sperm in the right spot. Uh, yeah, sorry, they don't like actually like so turkey baster. <laughs> it's it, I I was witness to one of them, and it it's literally just a like a needle that goes up there. That's well, so weird. So did you have to like jerk off in the bathroom at the place? Well, it's not a bathroom. Where, where... <laughs> they give you a nice room and like a a couch and all this stuff. And That's so was that awkward? I had to do that about three or four times. It's awkward, yes. But it's it's one of the better doctor's appointments I've ever been to. It kind of has a happy ending. So <laughs> there's worse things to do. It's funny though, because like as soon as you come out of the room, like everybody knows yeah. what you were doing in there. <laughs> like it's such a you come out of the room with a cup full of <laughs> yourself. Yeah, like it's awkward. Was it hard to get it in the cup? I think another friend of ours did this, and he said that he like couldn't aim properly, and it ended up getting everywhere. <laughs> 
no, I, I didn't <laughs> was have that too just much he was having an issue? It's not that hard because I mean, men, you can kind of just point it and yeah. it just goes wherever. But. Oh, that's funny. Okay, interesting. Okay, so is that how you ended up getting pregnant then, the IUI? No, we had a couple failed attempts at that and we decided to take a break, I guess. Yeah. Kinda. So what was going on like in your head and your relationship during all that? Like, how Were you frustrated? Were you getting sick of watching people get pregnant all around you? We, PJ took it a little harder than I did about yeah. the not getting pregnant. I I was more concerned about, I guess, her yeah. and her, her well-being because she didn't didn't have a good time with it. Um, I don't know. It seemed like we were always kind of focused on the same thing. I don't know if we ever got too frustrated or anything yeah. like that. More, It was sad a little bit because we just kept trying. It, yeah. it really seemed like it just wasn't going to happen. So. Yeah. And at funny. any point, were you kind of like, okay, I guess we're just not going to have our own kids? Like, did you guys kind of accept yeah. that at any point? We started to around right when we got pregnant. Like really? We, we, our next step was kind of look into this IVF, the test tube thing, but that's like, it was like $20,000 and it's crazy. we wanted, then we said, well, maybe we'll just adopt a child. Yeah. And then if you want like a brand new baby, it's, it's close to that anyway. Like it's 20, 25,000 for Why a, is adoption so expensive? I don't know. Does, and was that through a private agency then? Yes. And that's how you ensure you get a brand new baby? Is yes. that why? Oh, okay. Because yeah. like my parents, like for those of you that don't know, I'm adopted. I'm going to do a whole episode on it eventually. <laughs> but because I don't think they spent a dime. Like it's because they you went can, through the government or what? You can do the government uh, way, which we looked into, but it's you're getting older what? children generally. Oh, like, interesting. Um, and a lot of... Uh, they strongly recommend taking like more than one, like it'd be like a family or a couple of kids or oh, something like, like that. Oh, like take like siblings or something. Yeah. They, oh, and okay. A lot of them are, come from, well, broken yeah. homes. That's, yeah, why they're, yeah. that's why they're there kind of thing. So yeah, um, we didn't really want to go that way. Right. Okay. Yeah. I find it so crazy that adoption is so expensive. Like yeah. the whole thing. Cause I remember talking to PJ about it one day and she was like, it just doesn't seem fair that all these people get to like get pregnant and just have babies. And if we're going to do it, we're going to have to like start off in debt. And I'm like, that is such a really interesting way to yeah. put it. Like that's bullshit. You must've felt so frustrated. I know I was very would. frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed like our only option was just to shell out money. And, yeah. Kind of hope that way. Totally. And you're just throwing, especially with like the IVF and IUI, you could be throwing away yeah. money and it's literally like not, you're not going to get anything out of it. The IUI wasn't bad. It was only about 500 per treatment, oh, which okay. is, you know, reasonable. Anyway. Yeah. It's not going to break the bank. Right. Really, so. so, spoiler alert, they ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> <Woo! Yeah. laughs> so, and that ended up just naturally. Yeah. Like we, we just stopped the, we stopped everything. PJ really needed a break. She yeah. wanted to start drinking again yeah. and having fun because the whole time she wasn't doing any of that yeah. so uh we just about a month after we our last iui treatment we we just ended up getting pregnant and you must have been so shocked were you shocked yeah for sure. <laughs> so tell me about like how you found out like were you still like trying on the days or was it like a literal like fluke it was around it wasn't nearly as like business time yeah. we, <laughs> we were definitely taking a break from it mm. but yeah it just happened and she just came down one day and was so happy and it was, it was good. Yeah. That's awesome. I I don't know. I think that that is like when I found out you guys were pregnant, it seriously made me so happy because to watch yeah. people try for like two years and then you see everybody around you is having kids and building these families yeah. and that's what you want. Like it's fucking bullshit. 
it was tough because you know all of our friends and family they all wanted it for us yeah. and and anytime they it's it's weird to ask too yeah. like when someone's like oh how's the baby yeah. making coming yeah. and there's really no good answer to that because it's you know it's not working very well and then yeah. it's just kind of a bummer totally silence after and that, then so. people feel like they don't want to bring it up because they don't want to put you guys in a weird position but then if you don't bring it up it's like are you guys gonna think we don't give a shit like yeah. i had another friend who's going through this exact same situation and it was it's like i, I don't want to bring it up every single time i see her because then she'll be annoyed and sick of like answering the question but I also don't want to never bring it up because yeah, it's like, I, I want to acknowledge that I know what you guys are going through. But then I think it's also, for, it's like, well, what the hell do you know? Like you got pregnant twice, and, you know? So then it's like, well, maybe they don't want to hear anything from me. And it just becomes this whole, like, yeah. you start to overthink everything. And then obviously you guys are doing the exact same thing. It's just shitty for it. And then even when we got pregnant, we we really wanted to wait just in case, you know, to anything tell bad happens yeah. or anything like that. So yeah. Even after we were pregnant, we're still telling everyone no kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so how hard was that to lie and be like, no, we're, we're no pregnant? Yeah. I, I was pretty I was pretty good at it. I had no problem. I think I'm pretty devious, actually. Pretty good at lying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sold it pretty well, so... That's funny. I always... I kind of have a... I know they say to wait 12 weeks before you tell anybody, right? Yeah. Because of like... But like, I went through a miscarriage, and if my friend didn't know I was going through something fucked up like i wouldn't want to go through that by myself do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so it's like almost like i can understand you're not going to put it on facebook and tell the whole world but i think like close friends because when i went through that miscarriage at least people like kind of knew okay you were super excited about this thing and now it's not happening and like you know i was able to have like support around me do you know what i mean yeah i think our plan always was if if something bad did happen we we weren't going to hide that but it was just up until that way well, I could use you as an example. It was just, it was, it was, everyone was so happy. And then, yeah. and then it's, there's nothing like you can't console someone like that. Like no. it's just, there's nothing you can say. It just, so we it's just true. wanted to wait and yeah. we weren't going to hide it if something bad happened. Yeah. Like, we were going to let just people say, know. like, by the way, this yeah. happened. Well, luckily you didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. We almost did, but I know. Yeah. So tell me about that. Like what happened the first, like it was like really early yeah, on, like six weeks uh, PJ had a bunch of pain and stuff in her, well, down there. Yeah. So she went to the doctor and she was quite wrongly diagnosed with a, like a twin molar pregnancy, they call it. Okay. It's basically, they think you have twins. One of them has already passed away and basically just turns into like some sort of tissue and, and, and just eats away the other one. It's more or less a, a death sentence for the other one. Oh, so. Okay. I remember it was around six or seven weeks. We we had a call from our doctor and he pretty much said, hey, like you're going to have to go into the hospital this weekend. And well, he told us to prepare for an abortion more or less. So that really? was that was super tough for. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, you go through all that yeah. two years. You're finally so excited and like, yes, this is finally happening. Yeah. Oh, so my that God. was that was rough for a bit. But it's, we, the next ultrasound we got, they're like. I don't know what I don't know who was looking at this before, but there's there's nothing. It was that must have made you crazy. Like, yeah. what did you feel? Well, relief yeah. a little bit, but it was it was yeah for sure mad. I don't know what it was. It was. Were you all over the internet googling like at oh, first? Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Because I remember when I when I had my miscarriage. I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but before I had Colton, I had a miscarriage around six weeks, and like I knew I was pregnant. Actually. 
No, it was nine weeks. I knew I was pregnant and I went for a run on my lunch break and all of a sudden I was bleeding and blah, blah, blah. And I like went to get an ultrasound because the doctor was like, oh, we should probably check. And they're like, there's no heartbeat. And I was like, I wouldn't like believe it or accept it. I was all over the internet. Yeah. Like, have there been cases of like good pregnancies without a heartbeat at nine weeks? <laughs> like, I'm just like Googling everything and you're like, holding on to hope for this like yeah. it won't affect me like oh it's just there was a lot of that for sure and there was it was very few people that, that kind of survived the the twin mole yeah thing, so. but you're probably like looking and being like oh maybe we're really one of the lucky ones like yep. maybe there's still you still hope but it was yeah it was that's, it was rough for sure yeah. yeah that's crazy okay so then did you ever go back to that doctor and be like, you're an idiot? Like it was, no. it was an ultrasound, um, doctor. Oh, uh, okay. Most ultrasounds are done at, I forget the, whatever ED yeah. radio. It was just a different, yeah. different one. Oh. Um, but what I don't get is like all the doctors see that, like our family doctors seen it, the, yeah. the specialist at the hospital seen it. So I don't know if it was just a bad ultrasound. They're obviously never right. going to tell us that they just screwed up. But totally. Uh, but then to give that, like, by the way, we're going to have to essentially like DNC yeah. you, like get yeah, the baby out. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Oh so. my god. <laughs> okay, so it ended up being fine, and yes. PJ had a lovely pregnancy, sort of, kind of. Like, did she enjoy her pregnancy? Uh, no. <laughs> definitely not she she hated most of it so why what was happening well uh, i think about four months in or three months in it was she had to take a month off work because she just the the sickness was just out of control i guess a couple different medications she was on and stuff and then even uh baby was due end of february starting january she 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 stopped working because a lot of pain a lot of a lot of that stuff so Oh, the joys of having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But like, do you think part of this kind of why I wanted to talk to her because you, you want something so long for two years and then you finally get it and then you're like miserable and hating it. And then do, does a part of you go like, oh, I should just be grateful. And like, I don't want to feel shitty about this. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, well, I think both of us, we, we kind of told ourselves we weren't going to get too connected to this baby. Just right. Just in case, especially after that that yeah. first little scare, like we didn't find out gender, mostly for that reason. So if, if really? something bad did happen, it was you know we don't have to. That's why you didn't too... find out the gender. Interesting. To me, it was yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I never thought of that before. <clears throat> so it's like a way to not connect as much because if you know it's a yeah. boy or a girl or you've already picked, like we had names picked yeah. out, but if you don't know what gender it is, you you mean you don't yeah. you don't really have a or I didn't have a real connection. Yeah, I guess so. That's interesting. And P- it took PJ a long time. I think it was, well, it was definitely after birth before she kind of had a real good bond with really with, with Bella. So, But yeah, and that's kind of, and there's another thing to add to the list of shit that you guys went through. Yeah. So tell me about the labor. <laughs> well, it was, it was a 90 hour labor. Oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. That was, that was wild too, for sure. It was started Thursday morning at like 3 a.m. or something her first contraction and then the baby was born Sunday at like nine o'clock or something. So, and we, <laughs> we wanted to do it naturally. Uh, we, we got to the pushing stage and then it was about half an hour of that. And then, okay, we're going down for C-section. So, so what was that? And like, how did PJ react to that? Not well. Yeah. <laughs> she was pretty, uh, pretty upset about that too. Like to go through the same thing happened to me with Colton to go through that kind yeah. of labor only to end up having to, 
have like your body cut open and recover yep. from a surgery now is frustrating. Like yep. I remember sobbing and shaking because like I was just like in shock kind of. Yeah, I tried like she was she wasn't happy about it. I just tried to, you know, calm her down. Yeah. Everything's gonna be fine. But I mean it, it sucked because we, we wanted natural. I yeah. mean I think most people want it yeah. for the for the most part. So Isn't it weird how like almost everybody is having C-sections yep. these days. Like, I think it's crazy. I think it's just they they err on a crazy side of caution, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, but um, like it's not, and in my situation too, and in a lot of people, is like it's not like we didn't try, and the doctors were supportive of us having these natural births. Like yeah. it's not like the doctors were pushing you towards C-section because it's easier for them. Didn't feel that way for me at least. No, it, no, I think they, I think they won. Like even yeah. our, we went to their baby classes or yeah. whatever. They were all pushing for natural yeah. too. And, so like, is it like in evolution, our bodies just aren't able to deliver babies anymore? My theory, because I've thought about this already, yeah. is is that they, like I said, they just err on the side of caution. And if there's anything even remotely wrong, they yeah. don't they don't chance it. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't know the numbers, but I'm assuming the infant mortality rate is way lower now than yeah. it was even 30 years ago. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I don't know. I find it like I pushed similar situation for only like half an hour. But I had already had my, like, my water had been broken, like, 36 hours, or it was, like, a long time, and they're like, you need to get this baby out of you, or you're going to have, like, higher chance of infection, blah, blah, blah. And after, um, like, they delivered, like, they, I ended up having a C-section, they cut him out and everything, the surgeon came and talked to me, and she was like, that baby was so high up still, you could have pushed for three hours, and he was not coming out. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, my body is not designed to deliver a baby, like, what is going on? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like... And even just last night, there was a bunch of us at Aaron's house and everybody there had C-sections. Nobody had delivered yep. naturally. And it's like, I don't know very many people who have natural births anymore. Like we were in a, in a baby group kind of, or whatever, yeah. classes. And I, there's only a couple that, that ended up with natural for sure out of yeah. 11, out of 11 couples. So, so weird. Yeah. So then I'm assuming she just recovered wonderfully after the C-section <laughs> and you guys are just living happily ever after. <laughs> Well, we're getting to the happily ever after now, but no, it was it was quite the ride after. Like it, so, what happened? Well, five days after birth, uh, she was in. Well, the entire time leading up to this, she was in quite a bit of pain. Uh, just talking to like our eight one one and our doctor and stuff. Oh, it's normal, you know. Like you just had a C section. Just yeah. stay off your feet. All that stuff. But it was yeah. Five days later, she ended up in the hospital for about eighteen hours, and. They just, they chalked it up to same thing. It just, you're, you're yeah. whatever. She had full scans, x-rays, C-scan or CT scans and all this stuff. What are they call it? I think they said it was constipation and just right. like birth, birthing, <laughs> I guess. And then it was, it must've been a couple weeks later or a week later or something like that. She ended up going back to the hospital for, for similar pains and they found out that they missed it the first time, but uh, they figured from the C-section she got a an infection in her in her ovary, right? And that's what had been causing all this pain. So she ended up back in the hospital for five more days. Like, um, so this is all without the baby as well. Like, so yeah. like as a mom, I cannot imagine being not with my kid for. Yeah. Like, especially, like, day five or whatever, like, so early in this baby's life. Like, all you want is that kid with you. So, PJ now is in a ton of pain and, uh, like, not with her kid. Like, what was going on in your guys' heads? And 
it was tough <laughs> like for sure it was and uh it was super helpful that my mom lived with us because i could kind of travel back between yeah. home and, and and the hospital the first time we were in the hospital uh it wasn't too bad around but it, the the second time she went to the hospital was actually like, i think it was the same day that they announced this covid right. pandemic thing so yeah. <laughs> we for sure didn't want like an infant yeah. baby in the hospital i remember so. thinking like why don't they just bring the baby and then you were like covid i was like oh my god you're absolutely right like you're like you guys were waiting in the emergency room forever too. You're yeah. like, I can't bring my newborn to an emergency room. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, you're so right. But like, fuck, like this is bullshit. Like, how are and you not with your kids? Especially kidding? we go in and the first thing they ask is, do you have fever and all this stuff? And of course she had a fever. She had an infection. So yeah. she definitely had a fever. And then yeah. they bring you to this other screening room and all this. And <sighs> yeah, it was, we got used to hospital for sure. Yeah. We were regulars. So, so everybody was kind of like, how's PJ? How's PJ? How's PJ? But like, did, were you, at any moment like thinking like oh my god i'm so tired like what was going on for you it, yeah i was <laughs> i was extremely tired for sure yeah it was frustrating and hard and and you had to be the like the caretaker of everything yeah like yeah i was <laughs> i remember when she was in for the five days i, I set up a camera in our living room like a wi-fi camera <laughs> yeah. And just put it right on the baby when she slept <laughs> so she could kind of see her from her hospital bed yeah. which was kind of nice for her but yeah, it was, it was basically, I'd go to the hospital a few times a day for a couple hours at a time and then come home and try to keep a brand new baby alive without her mother, I guess. So yeah. Was, so was, what was going on for you? Like, were you having like times of frustration or sadness or were you just in survival mode? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd always wondered what a, like a panic attack was, yeah. but I, I definitely had a couple in, Did you? over the, the that time period for so sure. Tell me about that. Like what was happening? Well, the f- well, like the first one was, it was the day before she went to the hospital the first time. Like it was about four days after she was in so much pain. It was like middle of the night and like, we didn't know what to do. We didn't, we thought we had to go to the hospital. Uh, we didn't end up going that night. It was the next day, but it was like, it was just, what do we do? Like, where's the baby? How do we feed her? We didn't have, we didn't even yeah. really know. We had no formula or anything. Yeah. So if she's going to the hospital. She can't bring the baby. <sighs> I just remember like in, in her room, I was trying to find clothes to bring her or whatever. And. And then I just like had to like sit on the floor. I was just like hyperventilating yeah. and like just had to kind of catch my breath. And and you had and never dealt with any of that ever before. Never. Like, this is totally I didn't new. even. I just thought it was things people made up or whatever. I I know. I actually that's funny you say that because I know like you've talked to Steph about it before because she's mentioned it that you're like anxiety is not real. Like, yeah. <laughs> so do you change your tune? I do. Yeah. That was. I yeah. I just I, maybe I've just never been under that much stress and, and, and I don't that, think so. many people have been under that <laughs> so like uh, it's crazy because like so PJ is going through all this pain she's the one who doesn't get to see her baby and everything but you're kind of the one holding it all together right like making I sure had that you to, I think just to 100%. Keep everything um, but that's like an like a huge amount of pressure on you to because like you know if yeah. you if you screw anything up like what's gonna happen you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you put did you have this huge pressure that you put on yourself like i just well i kind of just told myself suck it up for yeah. now like i don't i don't, I don't know how else to i don't know how else to do it but yeah it it was tough i mean it's it, there's just really nothing you can do you just yeah. have to do it like yeah. i have no choice it's just 100%. deal with it i guess i mean yeah it was tough, but I mean, it got through, I guess. And, and it, it is, like you said, it was really good that your mom was living with you at the time. Yeah. Because like I, I don't that. even know what we would do. We'd have to bring her somewhere, like, or yeah. leave PJ alone for the whole time, I yeah. guess. And, 
And you didn't mm. want to, that's the thing too, is you didn't want to leave your wife alone in a hospital completely no. by yourself. Yeah. So you're like, was there part of you? Cause I remember like Tim said this at first too, when, cause they went through like a really crazy labor story yeah. with Eliana and because they hadn't really bonded with this baby, like he didn't know the baby. He knows his wife. He was like, I was focusing on Jody. I mm-hmm. cared about Jody. Like, did you feel any of that? Like, oh, this baby, like whatever. Or did you still feel? I, I was, I was very worried for PJ for sure. Yeah. Like it was even after this, up until the, the five day stay, I guess in the hospital, it was like, we were wondering if something like major, major was wrong with her. Yeah. Like it was, they just kept brushing it off and. Uh, yeah, I was for sure worried about her quite a bit. Yeah, that must have been so hard on you. <laughs> yeah, it, it did make it hard more for her because she had to be away. Um, yeah, the whole bonding thing with the baby. It's not that we didn't like her or love her right away, totally. but it was, it's hard to get that connection when it's you know. And especially because PJ's in all this pain, so she's probably like associates baby with this mm-hmm. pain, and you know, it's just like yeah. You know, I, I And then it. the whole, like, after the, the hospital stays, it, it really screwed up, like, her milk production because we, we didn't know what to do. And yeah. so then she was on formula for a bit and she wouldn't take breast milk and it was, it was just been flip-flopping back and forth and <laughs> just trying to make sure she eats enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so how are things now? Because this was, like, she was born in February, so yeah. right before COVID. And we're now in August, so there's been a decent amount of time. Like, how is PJ's health now? It's much better, okay. for sure. Um, she's not, I wouldn't say she's 100%, but uh, yeah, for sure. She's She can move around. I mean, she walks no problem, yeah. climbs stairs, all that stuff. So You must feel so much. Do you feel like a weight's lifted off you? Yes. <laughs> a little bit less pressure. Not, like, I'm not scared to go to work anymore or anything right. like that, so... Were you at one point like just scared and always had your phone on you just in yeah. case? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and it was right like right during the beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. We were so sheltered and, and in our homes. Like uh, yeah. I took even I took a week off work when it started because I don't know we we were one of the one of the the hardcore scared people of this thing. So I think everybody was at first though, yeah. like especially in March. Everybody was kind of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? If if we get sick, there's no room in the hospitals. Yeah. That was kind of what they the media made us feel like, right? Yeah, for me, it was, well, I lived with my mom, who's yeah. not young anymore, yeah. and PJ, who, who was like infection and all these yeah. issues and stuff, and a brand new baby. We had no, like, yeah. to me, I thought, well, if I bring COVID home, like I'm killing my whole family, <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, yeah. So just to add to the pressure that you yeah. had, now you're like also the one who's like responsible to make sure every, like you had to go get all the groceries, you had yeah. to do all the cooking, you had to do, make sure your family stayed alive, <laughs> but somehow you had to make money, but you can't go to work because... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, was fun. Fuck. <laughs> Honestly, I can't even imagine the, the pressure. So tell me about what it's like having a newborn during COVID. It it sucks like it, yeah. it it was really shitty we're we're getting around now but i mean we didn't we don't didn't let anyone we didn't yeah. let you hold the baby no. like we didn't bring her out anywhere like it was and just, it's totally normal like it may yeah. like for a while like we weren't even seeing our neighbors you know like you know yeah. at the beginning of march and april kind of it was like everybody was on full lockdown and having a newborn is isolating enough yep and then you add a pandemic where you can't even see anybody. Like, were you guys yeah. like sick of each other, sick of your house, sick of looking at the babies? <laughs> like, what was going? Well, on? during the like, it's this, the most scared time. It was, it was. We were just tired and trying to make it through each day anyway. Yeah. Like, 
likely, like you said, we're isolated more or less anyway because people with newborns yeah. is what you do. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, just tired and <laughs> we slept on the couch for eight weeks, the first eight weeks of her life kind of thing. Cause it, PJ, well, she couldn't really sleep on her back. She had to, we have a recliner <laughs> in our living room, so she would just sleep on the couch recliner and I didn't want to leave her alone down there with the baby. So I just slept on the couch beside her and, and you had to get up and help with all the feedings and the diapers yeah, and, yeah. and then go to work and yeah. try not to get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not too bad, right? <laughs> it's even great. <laughs> I remember seeing a text that you sent out because you were trying to find sanitizer yeah. and you were just like on a mission driving from store to store, yeah. right? Like, so what was going on there? You were just like manic about it. Like you. Well, I felt like if I had to work, yeah. then I, the, like the least I wanted to do is, is get hand sanitizer and. <laughs> I, I go into people's houses like daily, like yeah. sometimes more than one. Dan's a plumber, by the way. I yeah. only hang out with plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm on a service call. Like when I when I leave someone's house, like I feel like the minimum I should be doing is just sanitize my hands. It's easy to do, and like I was super scared back then. So yeah, it was. I I searched everywhere. Like you just couldn't find yeah. it. So finally, a guy off my hockey team recommended this uh, distillery. So I went down there and got some very foul smelling <laughs> tequila like <laughs> sanitizer stuff. So use that for a bit. Uh, it was such a crazy time, man. Like, so now like we're all still kind of living with this yeah. pandemic, but like how have things gotten better and changed for you guys? Uh, we're, we're really starting to expand our bubble. Yeah. Uh, we're, we realize that it's not a, a like a, catastrophic pandemic kind of thing so we're still careful i mean we still we don't let strangers hold our baby and stuff like that but we're family and close friends and stuff like that so we're we're getting better it's it's tougher for pj because she she's kind of trapped at home all the time and totally so i did want to say because yeah like so pj doesn't drive and luckily it's summer so she can get outside and go for walks which she's been doing right sort of which is good but like I remember sometimes when I was on mat leave, I would just get in the car and drive just for something to do. Like I would go through a drive through yeah. and get a coffee and let the baby sleep in the car or go meet up with a friend and do a play date. Like she can't do any of that. So no. what does she do to get through her days? Yeah. Especially with COVID. Like she can't yeah. even get someone else to come pick her up. Totally. She doesn't want to, I guess is no, like the one thing. So she, she mostly stays at home and, and plays with the baby, but she does, I do see her get out. We have a security camera. So I kind of get notifications <laughs> every time she leaves. She does go out most days. She'll go yeah. out for you know, 20, 30 minute walk or something yeah. like that. So. It's so important to do that just to maintain your, your mental health, like staring at the same four walls in yeah. your living room. And I do feel bad. I've been trying to, trying to get her to, to do more stuff. There's only so much she can do. Yeah. She's definitely soon. I've been pushing her hard to get her license. So oh, okay. And is like, she willing to? Yeah. She's going to, she's looked into driver's ed. She'll okay. probably start that in the next, or at least call about it in the next yeah. few weeks. So. Nice. Oh, that'll be yeah. good. Do you think that, because I've always thought the older you are, the harder it is to learn something, right? Because you yeah. have all this like fear and outside stuff. Do you think like it's going to be, I wouldn't want to start learning something new at this age. <laughs> She's going to be not the greatest driver. I can tell already. She's, She's very, like, very scared. Totally. Especially it's, oh, get a brand new license. Oh, take your exactly. six month old baby with you now. So it's yeah. not just you you're kind of worried about. And, She's going to be like yeah. so paranoid, like never go on the main roads. <laughs> That's what I told her. Even like, you don't have to. Like, stay down south. You can just yeah. drive around close, go see your friends, whatever. Totally. 
Like even just to be able to like drive to and like when the kid gets when Bella gets a little older, you get she can go to like a different playground than the one that's walking distance. Yeah. Like just being able to have that freedom is huge. And we have this the baby group we're in with all those other couples. They're, they all they all live within probably ten minutes of us or most Perfect. of them anyway. So yeah. she could just go visit and do so many different things. Yeah, like the zoo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Totally. It's good for her. It's good for the baby. I think yeah. to get out. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope she gets her license. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you won't have to drive everywhere. <laughs> oh, finally a DD. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? Like, what are you looking forward to? Uh, we, well, we haven't thought too much ahead. We're, <laughs> We're just surviving. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about maybe another baby or Woo! something like that, but... Because the first time went so well. We might as well replicate it. (laughs) Immediately, she was, she's been like, no, no, no. And now she's kind of, she I think she wants another baby. So I'm kind of the one that's been, I don't know. This is, this was, this was a lot this time. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) It's like, I know you have a short memory, but, uh. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, there's something to be said about siblings, like just, you know, watching them play together and stuff, but I can totally understand, like not wanting to go through all. Everybody says, and well, not everybody, most people say, oh, you got to have two kids. They have someone to play with all this, but like they're most, most kids are, do have siblings at least. So I don't know how all these people know what it's like to be an only child. I mean, they seem to turn out okay as well. It's true. I think that like, there's something to be said about both. Maybe just because I have to. The ugh, I don't want to play with my kids. <laughs> like I don't want to sit yeah. on the floor and play with Barbies. You know what I mean? I'm like, this the, is why we had two, so they play with each other. I've so. thought about, <laughs> and I can. I'll just use you as an example. Like you have, you have two kids, son and a daughter. Yeah. Generally, it, it seems like Carson will take care of Colton if there's something to be done. You're taking care of Kenna. Um, if so, you, you're almost dividing up your your attention. Sometimes, I guess. yeah, yeah. Whereas if you have one kid, can you just give? All your attention to one kid is that you absolutely can for sure. But I do see the the playing with each other side. Yeah. I mean, there, there is that too. And it, like, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I am not one. Like, I'll just say it again. Like, I am not one to play with kids. It's not my yeah. jam. And I know people who have only children are often like on the floor playing with dolls or whatever because yeah, it's like the, the kid needs somebody to play with, right? Yeah. So luckily, like, if we only had one, Karsten is that person. He would play with the kid, so we'd be <laughs> fine. I'm sure you guys would be fine too, but I'm like, like, honestly, we tell Colton this all the time, like, play with your sister. That's why we had her because <laughs> one of the main reasons that we're like, we need to try for a second is because he was, like, starting to get needy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to play with him. <laughs> I just thought it was because you guys wanted me out and didn't know how to tell me. <laughs> totally. We're like, quick, we need to start trying for a second kid. <laughs> this roommate's getting real annoying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If we had more bedrooms, you'd probably still be living here, I would Daniel. still be living here. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, okay. So, I mostly just did want to talk about everything that we went over. Like, mostly just the whole fertility and mental health after having a baby from the male perspective. So is there any like piece of advice or anything that you could give listeners about dealing with that? Because everybody focuses on the woman. How's her postpartum recovery going? How is she doing? Like, do people, did people even ask or check in on you or was it just expected that you were the caretaker? People did, but I think, um, I don't believe that they're, they wanted to really know. It's kind of just like, Oh, how are you doing? I mean, what am I going to do? Tell them how (laughs) shitty I'm doing. And, (laughs) Real so bad, just like, oh, not bad. I'm just worried about PJ kind of thing. Yeah. And 
it i don't know if there is any advice you can give it it, it just it sucks trying to yeah trying to be a, a to rock or whatever like you're kind of trying to hold it together so she doesn't yeah. have to kind of thing so i think that there's something to be said though about your character because a lot of people would be like well i'm sorry you have to sleep on the couch like i'll yeah. be upstairs in our bed <laughs> like you yeah, know what I mean? or yeah. like even like like karsten never got up with me to help like change diapers while I was I nursing can, in the middle of the night. I could probably count on one hand how many times I didn't get up to for for feedings and wow. stuff. It got to the point where I would just all I would do is get up, change her, get her ready, and then PJ yeah. would feed her, and I'd go back to the room. But and that was mostly because of PJ was like having a hard time moving yeah. around and stuff, right? And yeah, then it probably sure. just became a habit. Yeah. But I think that like there's a lot of people that would be like, "Well, you're up." Like Karsten, for example, and I, I never wanted <laughs> yeah. him to get up because I was like, well, I I'm think that's up. most most couples are like totally that. because yeah. like and it was fine. I had no issue doing it like but it's like a lot of guys would be like, I have to work tomorrow. Like I need yeah. my sleep. Like, sorry about your luck. But you were just like, well, no, like my wife needs me, which yeah. is really but that put that does put a lot of pressure on you. So I'm glad that things are kind of like like she sleeps through the night now. You guys yeah. are so yeah, smart. No, we... You did sleep training. <laughs> She sleeps through the night, but now we go to bed too late, so we still get don't get enough sleep probably, but that's just normal. Do you fall into the like, oh my god, I finally have time without this baby, I need to like have a minute to myself? Yes. So you stay up too late? Yeah, because she usually goes to bed around 7 or 8, so yeah. I mean, we have a little bit of free time to just do nothing. Hang so. out with each other. Yeah. yeah. And do you find that, like, how has your relationship, I wasn't even planning on talking to you about this, but now I'm interested. How has your relationship changed since having this baby? Because it was something you wanted and like dreamed about and pictured for so long. Is it yeah. what you thought it would be? Yeah, I think we're getting to that point. It, yeah. Like once we got past the hard stuff, it, I think it's, I don't think it hurt our relationship in any way. We, we were both, we were both in it together the yeah. whole time. There was never any you know, I hate you for this or anything. No, no weird <laughs> no stuff like that. It was, yeah. we kind of use it as a, like a, I don't know, brought us together, I guess is kind of, I say that all the time to Karsten. Like, I think even on one of the episodes where I interviewed him, like having kids, like a lot of people say is like a big test on your relationship, but I really think that it brought us like closer together. Yeah. We kind of treat it like us against them. Like we're a, yeah. like we're a, a unit, a solid like parental unit. And like we, have these two humans that we created yeah. together. Like it's kind of like a cool thing, you know? I think that's the advice. If you're having a rough relationship, have a kid. Yeah. It brings you together. Totally. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I think you need to have like a, a, you have to have the same way of parenting though. Like, have you guys noticed, I guess it's like kind of early to tell, but do you guys have like similar parenting styles? Yeah, I I think so. I think PJ's a little more uh, like protective or, or mm-hmm. cautious with a lot of things where I might just be like, eh, I'm sure it's fine kind of thing <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But we we definitely agree on, we agree on everything, I guess. It's if, if one of us seems more stricter about a subject, we just go with, with that person kind of thing. So. That's what Kirsten and I do too. It's like you, we never, especially like in front of the kids, will disagree with each other's parenting. Yeah. It's like if he's decided he's going to be like really strict and wants Colton to finish his dinner and I'm thinking whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll say like, no, like what did your dad say? Like yeah. finish it. Even though in my head I'm like, he doesn't well, you me. have to be united. I think you have like, to yeah. totally. Cause you see where it's like, Oh no, honey, he doesn't need to finish it. It's fine. Like let yeah. him go outside and play. It's like, well then the kids know that you guys aren't yep. united and like that screws you. They're smarter than we think. So they'll just use that against oh, you. Oh, a hundred percent for sure. And like, yeah, like I said, you sometimes even if you don't agree and then outside of it, like offline, you're like, Hey, by the way, I don't think he needed to do yeah. all that. Like he had, what's wrong snacks. with you? Yeah. <laughs> 
totally. <laughs> but yeah, I to- I thought that like having kids actually brought us together too. It was like a yeah. cool th- to go through like everything and labor and this yeah. whole process together is like a really cool experience to have with somebody. Yeah. And there was a ton of time spent together. So yeah. <laughs> especially you guys, like what you guys have gone through. Like, I don't know. I feel like you could go through anything now. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Dan. This was awesome. Is there any last minute stories or anything you want to uh, say? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's, that's about it. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll have to have you back one day. I want to do like a, I don't know, like a funny laughing episode with you. It could work. Yeah. I like to laugh. (laughs) Because he's not always serious, you guys. Just because we were talking about a serious subject today, Daniel's actually very funny. I can be usually when I drink, but... (laughs) Okay, this is the plan. I'm going to get like you and Tim and like a bunch of microphones and like all the other guys and we'll just like do some shots (laughs) and have a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a plan. There was... Oh, I have a funny story actually. One time when Daniel lived with us, he was just like in the living room and he's like, do you dare me to get drunk right now? And I was like, no, it's like a Tuesday. Like, I don't care. He's like, challenge accepted. And just like proceeded to pour himself a shit ton of shots on like a Tuesday night and get drunk. I got drunk in 30 minutes. <laughs> Is that what it was? It was, a, it, was a, it was a shot every minute, but it was like a half and half, like half Coke, half whiskey or whatever shot every minute for 30 minutes. Those were the good old days. Anyway, so we should recreate that and, <laughs> <laughs> and see what kind of conversations we will have. <laughs> For show. Okay, thanks, Dan. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Alrighty, thank you everybody for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in. As I always say, I just listening back, I think it's kind of funny and probably not funny for you guys who don't know, but I kept referencing people that we know, like our friends and stuff. So any of you guys who don't know those people, I apologize. Anytime you heard a name, all that is, is just a friend. Um, We know a lot of the same people, obviously. And I think I was just so caught up in the conversation. I wasn't really being a good podcast host. I was like literally doing what my favorite thing in the world to do is, is just talk. So that's what was happening. And that's what you guys heard. So um, yeah, Daniel's awesome. His story is awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.